0: Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here. Welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Today we're having a Made in San Diego Golden Ale about 80 degrees out here in San Diego today, so a cold one is appropriate. Ah, thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be getting back to doing our live shows. Um, as you uh, know, it's been about a couple of weeks since we did one, um, kind of busy right now. I was on vacation and then, uh, you know, we have iCast coming up. I'll be doing a lot of live shows uh, from iCast, but uh, we're just getting back to the swing of things and I appreciate everybody joining us. Um, Cool stuff going on, and I'm not even sure what I'm allowed to share with you here. Whoops, what do we got? Ah, reach down and grab a box of goodies. Like I said, not really sure sure what I'm allowed to share. I've got a message out to Patrick Seville, asked him what I can share, but he never returned my call. So I'm gonna give you a brief look at some new stuff from Band of Anglers coming out. Uh, got some new stuff on from Spool Tech. They have a new tail on these things, the same uh, uh, plastics that's with their hyperlastic, which is uh, much, much tougher. Uh, got a whole box of little goodies here. These are all prototype type things that he wants to be trying out. They like said he didn't tell me what I could share, but he didn't tell me what I couldn't share either. So uh, I'm sharing a little bit, a little sneak peek of some cool stuff. Um, and as soon as I get the go-ahead from him That I can give you guys more details I will but as always patrick Sabil, you know is The genius, um, oh i'm looking forward to this one right here. I'll show a little bit more of that one I'm looking forward to this one right here <laughs> um Like I said very very cool stuff coming from band of anglers We look at this box here. So, um, it's all the, a lot of the hyperelastic stuff and you know, that stuff is just super tough. There's a couple of new of his, uh, ocean born flying poppers in here, different sizes. Uh, like I said, some, some really cool bag of plastics. Most of the stuff is all prototypes. Um, so there's your, there's your sneak peek, <laughs> uh, that some of uh, the stuff we have going on here. Um, Andrew, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us, Scott. Good to see you as well, or see your name anyway. Uh, Caitlin from Georgia. Thank you for joining us. Michael, I like turtles. Yeah, I like I like my sea turtles. I've always been a big fan. I, I kind of relate to a sea turtle. You know, they they kind of cruise along as a kayaker. They just cruise along nice and gracefully, nice and smooth, and they can go fast when they want to, but most of the time, they just cruise along, you know, like me. Hi, how you doing, buddy? David, thanks for joining us. Um, As always, you know, when we do these shows, oops, I meant to uh, take that down. (laughs) Uh, You know, these shows are all about uh, the questions, you know, getting the audience, you guys, uh, in here and participating in the conversations. um, And that always makes for a better show. Um, And of course, We always like to give something away and uh, we're gonna be giving away an ACRPLB, So, but you need to participate and you need to be participating on the Kayak Fishing Show page. So if you're watching this someplace where it's been shared, uh, we won't see your comments. You need to be watching it on the Kayak Fishing Show page uh, and that way you will be entered to win. Um, Of course, the more shares we get, the better off we are and the more the sponsors like it and the more they come and join the shows. If you want to be notified of the shows right away, uh, if you join the kayak fishing show group, um, you know, the way Facebook works nowadays, it's hard to get the word out, but if you join the group, you tend to get notified of any time a post is made. So, uh, please join the kayak fishing show group. There are a couple of questions on there. We basically ask you what's your favorite fish and what kayak do you fish out of? The only reason for those questions is basically to eliminate spammers and robots. Uh, so if you answer those questions, you, you'll, you'll get entered right away. Um, so please join that uh, Kayak Fishing Show group. Um, that's, that's kind of it on the quick rundown of what's going on. Um, hey, Diane, how you doing? Reginald, what's up? Robert Brown, how's it going, buddy? Uh, Diane, uh, glad I'm back. Thank you, Diane, I appreciate it. And uh, Michael Guerrero, you get notified, that's good. You know, it's good. The, the more we can get everybody involved and in letting you know when it's happening. What, Buzz? Purchasing my first kayak tomorrow. That is awesome, Buzz. Um, you know, if you have any questions or need any insight on anything, we're always here to help as, as well as, uh, you know, I'm, there's a lot of kayak fishing groups all over the country. Uh, that can help you with your specific fishery. So anyway, uh, off to, uh, what we have going today. You guys know that I am uh, quite the safety guy. I'm all about wearing your PFD, having your VHF radio, uh, having lights on your kayak. And, uh, for the last couple of years, um, the piece of equipment that got added to my arsenal is a personal locator beacon. Um, the more I, I researched and, and saw you know, why people um, were expiring doing this sport, a lot of times just because they're not being found in a timely manner. So um, adding the PLB uh, like this one I have from ACR, I mean, it's, you can see how small that is, very thin, you know, it, it just, it's mounted on my PFD and you know, that's that insurance. Um, you know, there's been incident incidents where a guy was actually found, but he was like a mile and a half away from his kayak. And, and you can go to the ACR site, and there's actually a lot of um, uh, survival stories, if you will, uh, of where people were saved due to this great product. So, uh, you know, check that out if you see it. You want to know if it's worthwhile or not. But I mean, there was a girl who came separated from her kayak and passed away uh, recently. You know, this would have given them a chance. This would have definitely given them a chance. So, anyway, with no further ado, I'm going to bring on my friend and matching shirt wear, Mikel with ACR Artex. Mikel, how are you doing? Nice shirt. Looking okay, good. Awesome <laughs> good. <laughs> and thanks for joining us. Mikel was on the show with us once before, um, but they've got some really cool new stuff that has come out since the last time you were on the show. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, kind of sharing sharing that with us.
1: No, glad to, glad to be here.
0: Um, so, let's say hello to a couple more people here. Uh, Brad from St. Augustine. Um, we got Michael Guerrero. You are you, Michael? Um, Buzz, would you use a PLB in lakes as well? Most definitely. Most mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and we're going to go over all this stuff. Um, Michael, you get lost early. <laughs> and yes, uh, we are twins. We, hard to tell us apart. Which one's which? That's why I had to wear a hat. Otherwise you wouldn't know which ones which, um, uh, first off, you know, I said, I mean, I I think because these things have become so much more accessible and the sizes being much more reasonable for kayakers. I mean, why would somebody not have one?
1: It's a good question. A lot, you know, I think a lot of people rely too much on, uh, on their, on their cell phones, Um, uh, everyone thinks they have cell coverage everywhere, you know? You start using that cell phone, playing music. You run out of battery. You might not know. You know. You just might not. You might be able to get in touch with search and rescue, but you might not be able to tell them exactly where you are. Especially if you're on a sea kayak. You know, it's a big area to be searching. Um, so it's uh, like you said. It's it's insurance. It's a one-time fee. There's no subscription fees uh, associated. Um, no payment for the rescue. So it's really just a matter of you know, kind of getting people over the hump and saying, you know, I'm not going to do this for myself. I'll do it for my family. Cause you know,
0: you know, right. Well, so, so let's, let's kind of backtrack a little bit just so um, people know, you know, why would you have this over and above? And we're not saying it's a replacement for other stuff, but why would you have it included into your safety package? What it makes, what differentiates it from having a VHF radio or a cell phone?
1: Yeah. So with a, with, with a, Personal locator beacon. We like to say that they're your your best last chance. Um, so if you got a cell phone and you can use it and get a call out, great. VHF radio, same thing. If you can get the call out and tell people exactly where you are, awesome. Um, you know, but I think with all of those different technologies, there's they all have their weak points, um, whether it be battery life, um, you know, waterproof, what, whatever. Um, but PLBs essentially, they have one job in life. They've got essentially one, one button, um, and it's it's really just to save your life. You press that button, and uh, you know it fires up, and within uh, within one minute, it's already sent off your GPS coordinates to search and rescue. And you know, within three minutes, they've got your position at the, in Maryland uh, at, at NOAA, and they're trying to figure out if you're on land. Then they'll give the give it to the Air Force Rescue Coordination Center. If you're on the water, uh, that your messages then go into the Coast Guard. So uh, it's really the only you know the beacon does everything for you. You press that button once. Sorry, this is a live unit. My, <laughs> I got to turn that off before um, the London our, the London Coast Guard yep. comes over. It, tells, it, it literally tells Search and Rescue who you are, where you are, and that you need help. And so. The beauty of that is the beacon's doing everything all you then have to do is just survive and so you can just focus all on yourself knowing that the beacon is is gonna bring help but you know everyone thinks the help's gonna come in 10 15 minutes um, you know sometimes it does it all depends on where you are in the world you know if you're you know 50 miles out in the, out in the ocean it's gonna take a you know a boat or a helicopter to come and get you um, if you're in the middle of the woods, they might have to come by foot, um, but typically, you know, most of the survivors we talk to two hours is uh, is probably a pretty good average.
0: Um, Scott had a question here. Um, he said, Scott says, I'm all about safety. Do you need a subscription for PLB surfaces? If so, what does it cost? I know it's worth it, but we still need to afford it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's the, the a lot of different companies call their products personal locator beacons, but um, if, there's a, if there's a required subscription for the product, then it's not a personal locator beacon. Um, so personal locator beacons are on this uh, 406 megahertz um, frequency. And so essentially, we work they work through government satellites. So there's no subscription because essentially taxpayers are funding these satellites and they're already up in space. And so no cost of the rescue, no monthly subscription, no annual subscription. Once you buy the Beacon, you just have to keep it registered, which is free. Um, So that's it. Um, So you can get in at, you know, they start at uh, $279, go up to $349, depending on the features that you want. But that's it. There's no other hidden fees. Yeah, that's that's
0: the key. I mean, I, I remember the, the spot devices and all that. You had that monthly subscription, and it, it was kind of it cost prohibitive, really. In the lot, it looked affordable in the front end, but in the back end, it got ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the spot device is pretty cool. The uh, the Garmin Reach ones are pretty cool. I've you know, I've used both of them. I like I like some of the, the the tracking features that they have. Yeah, when you start adding it up after two years, you know, all of a sudden it's like. You, a little expensive for you
0: right and and the reality is i mean with something like this i mean they they are affordable particularly when you start going okay what's your what's your life worth (laughs) you know anybody who ever boxed at that it's like don't you think you're worth more than 279 dollars you know i think so and i think you're probably your your family thinks so as well uh brad smith says is it useful on land as well
1: yeah absolutely um it's kind of a real multifunction tool because, you know, if you're going to take it on your, your kayak with you, um, but next weekend, you're, you're taking the kids camping or, you know, deer seasons coming around, uh, coming around the bend, uh, take it with you everywhere. Um, family vacations, you just never know when you might need it. And, you know, I would think just an excellent thing for people who are doing a
0: lot of mountain biking, you know, yep. backcountry stuff. Uh, I mean, an excellent, excellent way, because you know, people aren't going to know exactly where you are. So.
1: Yeah. And even, and even if you leave a, you know, obviously we want everyone to leave a trip plan, no matter where they're going, uh, on land or on sea. But, uh, I think there's, you know, there's a lot more applications for, for the use of these on land. And I think the majority of our survivors are coming from the land-based activities. You know, like you said, whether it be hiking or camping and mountain biking,
0: backcountry um, skiing. Um, I mean, yeah. it's it, it, it's. I said, and they're so small and light now that there's there's no reason not to. I would think, yeah,
1: and Edgar, and yet still buoyant. So you drop okay. it in water, it's still going to float for you.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. And um, Edgar says hi. How you doing, Edgar? Um, Diane, there's no price for safety and peace of mind, and that's that's very very true um david says great for especially for us older guys on the kayak (laughs) you know anybody because i mean the reality is is older guys and younger guys right actually a lot of times younger guys run into more trouble because they think they're bulletproof yeah um peter has a good question asking
1: is it working in europe yes yeah it works worldwide um so what, what do you do is when you buy it you register it um, in the country that you live in and that's just so for, for me right now I'm, I'm traveling in, in London but mine's registered with NOAA in the United States so if I was over here and to actually need to activate my beacon uh, in in an emergency you know it's going to be the RNLI or um, you know the, the London search and rescue or the UK search and rescue team coming out to me but in Maryland, NOAA will still be notified that, you know, a U.S. citizen's beacon's going off over, you know, by Heathrow airport. And so they'll be calling their counterparts, um, you know, in the UK to figure out, you know, is, is, is everything going okay? Do you have resources on the way? How's it, you know, and that way they can then coordinate, you know, talk back to my family uh, and let them know what's going on. Um, Cause when you register the beacon, you provide two emergency contacts. And so, You know, Search and Rescue wants to know as much information about this rescue that they're getting involved in now because they're putting, you know, helicopters or boats or land vehicles, you know, out out there with, more importantly, you know, their personnel that's putting their life on the line because, you know, let's face it, a lot of these rescues aren't during the best weather, you know? Right, right. You know, they've got to put their assets out there to, to come and rescue me, and so... In the registration, I have to provide two emergency contacts so that those emergency contacts can then tell search and rescue, you know, he's wearing, you know, an awesome shirt. He looks like, you know, Jim, Jim today, <laughs> his beard's a bit gray, he, but more importantly, how many people is he traveling with? Um, you know, what color, what color car did he have? What kind of boat was, are they looking for? Any of those little pieces that, uh, that emergency contact can, can provide. Will help your own rescue, and the more you fill out in your registration, you know, there's a big piece in there for you know additional information. You've got health, health and uh, concerns, you know, if you're on heart pills or anything like that, or di- diabetic. Put that all in there because you know it's not. Everyone always thinks your boat sinks, and that's why you need to turn on your PLB. Um, you, you're lost in the woods. It could be a million different things.
0: Right, right. Um. Rex McNamara says, hello, how you doing Rex? Uh, Ryan Howell, um, is this similar to a spot or, or how does how is it different
1: than a spot? So it's different from a spot because it only has one purpose. It's only going to search and rescue. So uh, it's not gonna do any of that kind of tracking features that the spot product does. And then the other difference is really how your message gets to search and rescue. So For the spot, obviously, you've got the subscription fee, and that's because you're using the Global Star satellites, which are commercial satellites, and, um, you know, that's why there's a subscription, because you're working off a commercial company's satellite system. Um, But the the signal will then come down to a company called Geos, and they're kind of like a rescue coordination company. And they will then try to get the, you know, in touch with co- the closest Coast Guard and say, here we have a customer, and here's his coordinates. So um, as long as they've got your GPS coordinates and as much information as they can, search and re- rescue will typically just take it and, and, and go. Um, if they don't have GPS coordinates, though, they'll start treating it more like a missing persons report and really start an investigation. So that's kind of how the Spot star- Search and Rescue system works. With ours, we're using the government satellite, so it's it's an instant connection directly to either the Coast Guard or the Air Force. How many how many satellites are there? There's there's three different constellations. I forget the total number of satellites up there now. It's it's quite a few, but there's a low earth orbiting. So every say every 50 minutes, one of these low earth orbitings, you know, going overhead and it'll pick up any beacons that are going off. Um, there's a new mid-earth orbiting. Um, these are the latest satellites that they just launched, um, and these ones will actually pick up a beacon even without GPS coordinates. Um, it'll it'll pick it pick up the beacon 95% of the time within 100 meters um, within three minutes. So wow, real big and real big advancement with with those ones. And then there's geostationary ones that that are the farthest out there, and they just rotate with the Earth and they've got pole to pole coverage so they can see everything from the tip of the north pole to the bottom of the south pole and um so there's you know three different satellites up there monitoring this system and but it, it immediately just goes right to NOAA. NOAA grabs your registration and they send it off to coast guard or air force depending if you're on land or water
0: so we really need to reiterate that if you do get one of these it's it's imperative that you register it
1: yeah that's your uh, part of the rescue
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, this is a great comment from Julio uh, picked up my ACR rescue link last week after watching your last ACR episode on here. So that's very cool, man. Thanks for, uh, for doing that. Um, this is a great question here because this is something we, we needed to lead up to anyway. Uh, and one of the reasons you're on here, we have new units now from from the one when you were here last. Uh, so why would someone choose the model with the screen? What are the benefits uh, of of the one with the screen and the, the newer units?
1: Yep. Before I get before I get to that question, I want to save Julio twenty five bucks um, because he bought the beacon last week. He said, "Go to our website, download the rebate form, send in the receipt, we'll send you twenty five dollar rebate card." That's the promotion we got going on right now. So, you bought it last week, you're in. Um, yeah, and, and I was going to
0: pop this up, and that was nice to throw that. Uh, retroactively. Uh, if they've got a deal going right now, if you buy an ACR PLB between now and July 15th, you there is a $25 rebate um, and the, if for people who are the next level up and getting ePurbs, you said it was like a $50 rebate? Yeah, exactly. So uh, a great deal here as well as this the fact that somebody who is watching is going to have a chance to win one of these. So anyway, so uh, back to so the,
1: the digital the the digital display question. Um, we added in the digital display for a very good reason. Um, you know, I'm going to give
0: you the whole screen so you can maybe show it a little bit better.
1: Yeah, this is just you can kind of see the glare. Sorry for my hotel. Yeah. Um, you know, when you activate one of these beacons, it's a, it's a one way beacon, right? So your signal is being sent out every 52 seconds for. Uh, 28 hours, and essentially without the digital display, all you're seeing is a, a red LED flashing and then the strobe light, you know, on the bottom flashing. And that's all it, it's all you're seeing. Um, so you don't necessarily know what the beacon's doing when it's sending anything. And so I just make sure I turn this off correct. Um, so what the digital, it, it really provides you with some peace of mind in an emergency situation. Um it's doing a countdown every time it's sending off that live burst, it's downloading your GPS coordinates and, and displaying them for you. So if you do have a VHF radio, um, you can just start you know jumping on the VHF and screaming out your, your GPS coordinates that the beacon's giving you. so everyone kind of, you know out there listening can, can record them and can find you. Um, but really, it's that peace of mind. You know you might be sitting there with a broken leg out in the middle of nowhere. And at least you've got that kind of, you can see exactly what the beacons doing. It's giving you a little bit more hope. It's, it's just trying to give you a little bit more uh, comfort in, in that time of need. And, and really the, the feature came from talking with our survivors um, and regardless of the digital digital display or a beacon without it, you know, most of the survivors we talked to will be like, I didn't think anything was happening. You know, I you know, I hated you guys for, for two and a half hours and then all of a sudden a helicopter flew overhead and stopped and I thought you guys were the best thing in the world and go <laughs> you know, anywhere without it. But it's that time between not knowing and uh, you know, in, in in years to come, there's going to be eventually a return link service that comes with these beacons that will turn on a, a blue flashy light that lets you know that search and rescue saw it. Um, but that's kind of part of the satellite network we're just waiting for. And when that comes, yeah, that digital display will be a whole lot more useful.
0: Hey, uh, Jacob actually has kind of an interesting question. We kind of touched, we touched on it already, but he says, would this work internationally? I'm from Panama now, Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about, you started getting into more third world countries and that sort of thing. Uh, Are you still going to have that, um, that coverage? Are you still gonna, I mean is no going to contact somebody in that country or if it's registered in that country, how exactly is that working?
1: Yeah. So uh, the important, uh, if, if he, if, if, if he lives in Panama, um, the first thing is you want to buy your beacon in Panama because uh, every beacon is programmed uh, to a specific country kind of hard to see there. Um, so mine's programmed to the U S um, so his, he would need to make sure that his beacon was registered with Panama. That's the only way he can actually register it. Um, in his country, if he tries to register a USA programmed beacon in Panama, they, they won't let him, um, and kind of, you know, thanks to Amazon and eBay, we have people buying beacons internationally like this and then uh. they, get the beacon and they can't get it registered. So it's always important to buy your beacon in the country that you live in and make sure it's programmed for that country.
0: That's really um, good to
1: know. So kind of to, to his point, you know, it it's not so much is the beacon being picked up. You know, there's three different satellite constellations. Um, all three of them are picking up the beacon. There's worldwide coverage. So there's no place on the world you can hide and turn this beacon on and not get found. Um, you know, obviously, Panama's got different search and rescue um, resources than the United States. Um, but obviously, you know, where... Like in an area like that, obviously we do have, um, you know, Coast Guard is constantly down there. Um, you know, they're in the Bahamas with, with aircrafts uh, from time to time. Um, but yes, they, the rescue will go to the Panamanian uh, government to dispatch their search and rescue resources to that actual location. Um, I know it happens in the Bahamas a lot where like the Bahamas will have the, the lead And if they just don't have the resources, they can then call, you know, they'll reach out to the Coast Guard and say, do you have someone closer? We're not going to be able to get there uh, in time. And so then the Coast Guard will take over that search and rescue. So, uh, but no, it's always the country that you're in, the country that you're closest to who gets kind of the jurisdiction to to facilitate the rescue. That's great. Uh, Karinder
0: Singh, welcome to StreamYard. Uh, For people who are wondering, StreamYard is the... uh, software we we use to uh, run these shows. Um, Brad Smith, easy to be injured in the mountains. And that is very, very true. My my very good friend's um, daughter uh, was working for the Forest Service and fell and broke her leg in a remote location by herself. And um, she was saved because of one of these, uh, you know, it was able to get transported out because she had a, a very severe break and, and, and was saved because of something like this. So, yeah, I mean, and like I said, I mean, to have this on your backpack or on your belt loop or, you know, the attachment points on these things are great. You can they're so easy and so light um, and waterproof. What are some tips on using one? Um, you know, so it is being used properly.
1: Yeah, so the first tip is make sure you bring it with you. Um, I know too many guys that will go out in the mountains and they leave it in their boat or in their kayak bag, um, and they never even think to take it you know, into the mountains um, or on the family vacation. Um, the, the biggest tip, you know, they're, they're buoyant, okay, so – but. They're only only—they're bu- not buoyant like an e which is for your boat. Those are designed to float in the water and just do their thing. These ones will float upside down kind of like this. And it, they're just buoyant so you can retrieve it. And your hopes and dreams of getting rescued don't float to the bottom of that ocean or lake. Right. <laughs> uh, um, that's really the, the whole function of the buoyancy piece of it. Uh, they're not going to float in kind of a tr- transmitting position. But realistically, all you're doing is um, once you turn it on, leave it alone. Uh, if you're, if you're on land, just put it down, you know, put it on the ground, uh, kind of in this position. That way the GPS is facing this, the sky and, and just let it be, um, the beacon will do what it's got to do. Uh, it'll actually kind of work better on that ground plane. Um, or if you're on a life jacket, you know, attach it to, you know, attach the belt clip and keep it high. Um, if you're wearing oral inflation, uh, you know, an inflatable life jacket, it comes with an oral inflation tube. So you can just mount it right to that oral inflation tube and just float back and kick your feet up. And, you know, at that point, it's just let the beacon do its work and you survive.
0: Right, and, and for people wondering, like I said, on my PFD, uh, as as Mikhail mentioned, I, I have mine attached high on the shoulder. Um, so if I, if I am in the water and I'm chest deep in water, It's it's still going to be up above the water and uh, it's going to be clear that it it says right on it uh, Keep this part clear Uh
1: of the sky with the view of the sky. So yeah, yeah. you'd be surprised how many people hold it like this (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think the the other tip especially for for your your market and and for you jim because I know you mount yours up here Um, it does come with just a small little lanyard um tie, tie that lanyard to the to the belt clip and also tie it to the back little lashing loops. When you get the the clip on, it's it's not coming off. It's right. It's tough. However, if should it come off, you know, you know, you really give it a whack. You know, well, you can see, it
0: also it comes with a velcro strap. So yep. I, I when on mine, I have both of those in
1: in use. <laughs> yeah,
0: you just know, keep it you're
1: land, land you're tied to that way you're not panting. Yeah, because when an accident happens, you're immediately going to start panicking until you calm down. Um, So just a little extra reassurance.
0: Right. Um, How else was this one changed uh, from the old one?
1: So what we did when we designed this one was um, you kind of brought up the fact that we have like a Survivor Club. Um, We got all these stories on our website. And so anyone that uses one of our beacons, uh, we replace it free of charge um they come to the site and they give us their story so uh, our older rescue link model um you know it used to have the buttons on the side under the antenna and the antenna kind of wrapped all the way around the top and clipped uh, to the very top so we actually went and and talked with a bunch of the survivors that used that beacon in the rescue and just kind of said what did you like what what could we improve upon you know and they immediately said you know put put the emergency button on on the front you know, having it hidden underneath on the side, you know, we got, we, you know, we get it, but it just make it so much easier having it there. Um, again, they said I needed something to do in those two hours and, and having some sort of a digital display, tell me what the beacon's doing was a big thing. Um, and then they, they really just wanted, you know, they like the antenna clip, but they thought, could you make it a little bit more easy for a one hand activation? Sorry. So just, now right. I can just one hand activate it a whole lot faster, um, and that's kind of the name of the game. You, you might only have one one arm to do with this, so. Right. Yeah. Um, but there is issues. I mean, you do need to make sure you don't accidentally use it. Correct. And that that's where registration comes back in. You know, as long as you register the beacon and you accidentally activate it. Uh, yeah, you're going to get a phone call from from Noah um, trying to figure out is this an emergency or not. Uh, even if you quickly, you know, you, you've seen me activate mine, and by all means, don't do that. Um, I, I have a specially test-coded beacon here for when I travel, um, just for these kind of demos. So it doesn't actually send a live unit, but it will just continuously send test messages, which would get their attention as well. Um, but, yeah, in, in the matter of a false alarm, you know, even if you just let one one or two bursts hit the satellites, they will immediately try to start finding that beacon. So as long as you register the beacon, they'll give you a call and you say, sorry, you know, didn't mean to. I thought I tested it. Um, they'll just say, be more careful. Um, you know, thanks for having a beacon.
0: Yeah. Uh, just make sure this is all taken care of before they send the helicopters out.
1: No, exactly. You know, it's one of those things you don't you don't they're not gonna fine you. You know, if it was a you know, just an accident, you know, if, if you're out back with your buddies having a six pack of beer and you're like, let's let's push the button and see what happens, okay. Now you've just cost them a lot of money flying a helicopter over your house. They they might send you a fine, you know, or a cost for that helicopter ride. Um but Realistically, if it's just a false alarm and they can handle it with a phone call, you know, if you push the button, you know, you push the button. So if you see an unknown caller dialing, answer that phone call. Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, Scott says, I'm making him thirsty. Time for a cold one. Well, yeah. Sorry. That's
1: my job. (laughs) Making me thirsty, too.
0: At this point, Alan says, Hey guys, how is it powered and
1: how long does it last? Yeah. So it has a dedicated lithium battery inside. So like I said, there's really nothing to do. There's no recharging. It's not a rechargeable battery. Um, had it. So once you buy it, it, it'll have about between a five and six year shelf life on it. Um, and on the, on the side, it'll just have a little sticker with when it expires. So realistically for, once you buy it, you've got five years. Don't have to do anything so just keep it registered. Um, after five years uh, or six years, depending on you know when you get it, um, we we have battery, about two hundred battery replacement centers throughout the United States. Um, you can send it to one of them. They can. It's kind of like a tune-up for your car. It's not just two you know a couple batteries from CVS you put in there. Um, this product has to save your life. And so we take that very seriously. We replace all the gaskets and O-rings and do satellite testing on them. So, you know, but we have trained service centers throughout the country that can do that. And then, you know, when you, when you do turn it on, it will work for um, 20, 24 to 28 hours. At, and that's at minus 4 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, you know, in the summer, you might get a stretch a couple extra hours out of that battery life in an emergency.
0: So, um how much is one of these, uh, if I need to send it in for a tune up, uh, if I, if you know, I'm after I'm done with my five years and, and needed new battery and such.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously right now, um, you know, right now our, our battery replacement service, I think it's like a rate around $150. Um, five years from now, I can't tell you how, you know, it'll probably be similar if not less than five years. So.
0: Right. But it'll be cheaper than buying a new one.
1: It's a lot cheaper than buying a new one. Yeah
0: um ryan also asks uh would be great for backpacking trip as well what do they weigh uh, i'll tell you what they weigh nothing <laughs> i mean that's ounces yeah i
1: mean yeah.
0: it's it, 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 it's it's lighter let's see i'm, I'm kind of doing this uh, where where's my camera than my hotel it, room. It, I, I would say it it's it's lighter than my cell phone you know, I've got a big iPhone 10, which is a bigger phone, but it's lighter than my phone. So, if that answers your question at all, uh, why he says, I just drove by the company 10 minutes ago. <laughs>
1: is that Dania Beach, Dania? Dania Beach? Yeah, we manufacture everything in Dania Beach, Florida, from the circuit boards to the batteries. Is that right? This,
0: this so these things are all made in America. I did not realize that. That is awesome. Uh, we always love to hear that. Uh, David says, does it work underwater?
1: It'll turn on underwater, but you know, uh, you know, single signals don't necessarily like water. Um, so now you're, while it'll work underwater, it's not going to hit the satellites. You've got to get to the surface of the water and yeah. Even if you're floating in the water with your life jacket, you know, you just want to keep it up and out of the water. Um, beacons and antennas necessarily don't love water. Um, but that's why they're five Watts of, of power to make sure that, uh, there's extra energy to, to hit those satellites. And so just as long as you keep it out of the water and it's not submerged, you know, GPS is another thing that doesn't like water. You know, try, put your cell phone put yourself underwater. You're not gonna have any GPS location under there. So uh, keep it above the water line.
0: Yeah, and that's why I suggest, like I said, mounting it up on your shoulder on your PFD. Um, yeah. an interesting question um, from Brad, and I know where he's going, although the question's not as clear. If drifting, do you need to continue to activate? I'm, I'm assuming that was meaning, is that GPS signal updating constantly and sending out an updated GPS um, location while you're drifting?
1: Yeah, so while you, so kind of the, the concerning part of that qu- question is um, continue to activate. Once you want, if you need to activate it, you leave it on. You never turn it off. If you think your battery is running low, doesn't matter. Leave it on. Uh, if, if you turn it off and on, off and on, you'll just confuse search and rescue because they'll not, they'll, they'll figure, did someone pick them up? um you know it was two hours and he stopped did did, you know a, a good samaritan grab him um so just leave it on until you're actually rescued if a good samaritan does get you then immediately call and just let them know that you've been rescued so they can bring their troops back um but yeah so the gps will turn on and and download your gps coordinates and then yeah, we want to save as much battery life for actual emergency transmissions. So uh, we've got it on a schedule where the GPS will continuously turn back on, see where you are, download your GPS coordinates again, and, and send, send them updated. So there'll be some it'll – it'll always send your GPS coordinates, but if you're drifting, it will be updating your GPS um, a couple times per hour. And, and realistically, um, when Search and Rescue gets your GPS coordinates, you know, and you start drifting – They're giving it to a boat crew or they're giving it to a helicopter crew, uh, which is probably a little more likely. um, They're actually going to rely on the homing signal once they get close to you. So when they get within about a 10-mile radius of you, they're going to pick up on the 121.5 homing signal. And that just gives them a, a beeline straight to you wherever you are. So even if... the Mission Control Center didn't update the pilot with the exact coordinates of, you know, when they're flying over top of you. That's what that homing signals for.
0: So for anybody who is just joining us, we uh, have Mikkel from ACR Artex with us. Uh, I have their uh, website URL up there on the screen right now. We're talking about safety, um, which is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, personal locator beacons uh, best practices and and some of this really really cool gear that's out there now that quite honestly there's no excuse for us that go out on our own and um venture out offshore and into the mountains everybody should have one it's it's such a, a great great safety device um we'll get back to the questions here um well, first a comment there from Serge. Hello from Ottawa. How you doing? I'm Talking to our, my producers in Ottawa and uh, they were saying it actually is finally quite hot up there. And Alan is uh, saying hello from Georgia and he's out on out of a Jackson Kayak Big Rig. Awesome. Uh, Michael Guerrero has a question um, and it's, it's a legitimate one. Where does this device not work at all? I mean, is there a place where it just isn't going to I mean, it's going to work to satellites everywhere, but is there places where you're just
1: not going to get help? <laughs> um, the, the, realistically, the only places it's not going to work is you know underwater. One, um, if you're in canyons or caves um, and you don't have a clear view of the sky, you know, it the signal will will bounce, so it will start bouncing off the rocks, and it might you know we. have we have done tests in slot canyons where the signal, we didn't have a clear view of the sky, but it still bounced off the rocks and still made it to the satellites. Um, but realistically, the only place on earth that's really not going to work is if you're, um, you know, you know, in, a, in, a, in a big cave like that, that you have no no view of the sky, or, if, you know, you're just holding the beacon underwater. Um, but other than that, it's pull to pole coverage anywhere in the world. And Jacob actually had a question here. How would it work with
0: the local rescue authorities? Um, I would assume, uh, you know, Coast Guard, if I'm just off the beach. But what if I'm up in the mountains? Where does where does that go?
1: So that, if you're, if let's, yeah, it's probably easier to do the land-based rescue on this one. Um, so if you're out in the mountain, um, say so you're Mount Helen or whatnot, uh, and you activate your beacon, the, the, the signal comes down to maryland at NOAA where your registration's held they grab your registration they pass it to the air force rescue coordination center in langley virginia um so langley's in they're not going to come out to you so what they're going to do is they're going to call park services um you know local state police whoever they have as their registered search and rescue air, uh, team for that area that's who they're going to call they're going to give them you know your registration information while they're doing all of this, they're they're already calling your emergency contacts to get additional information, um, and, and they're just going to pass along your coordinates and everything they know about the rescue and that park services or that state, street, state patrol. We've had fire departments, um, rescue people. Uh, so it, it's up to the Air Force Coordination Center to figure out who they want to send.
0: Awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna take one more question on this and then we're gonna kind of move on to a little bit different topic. But this is a good friend of mine in New Zealand, Kerry Flowers, how are you, man? Good to see you on here. Um, he says, so I have a PLB that is registered in my own country, and that'd be New Zealand. Uh, if I take it overseas and need to use it, does the signal go back to the country that it is registered to?
1: So this all around the world, um, there's ground stations. So there's, um, there's a few in the United States, there's a few throughout Europe, India, Australia has them, um, you know, Russia and China have them. So these ground, like, because the original satellites were the low Earth orbiting. So you'd have to wait for the satellite to, to pass the information down to, you know, one of these ground stations. And, you know, sometimes that satellite would be on the opposite side of the world and it's dumping that down to only that particular mission control center. Um, but now with the geostationary and the middle mid-earth orbiting satellites, yeah, there's there's at least one, one if not two or three satellites overhead at all times now. So, um, realistically, everyone in the world gets your distress signal. You know, so don't be embarrassed. You know, there'll be some guy if you're in, you know, if you take your beacon to to the United States from New Zealand, you know, people back in New Zealand or the rescue coordination team in New Zealand is going to know. Yeah. So so is everyone in Europe? Um, but it's, it's private. They're not sharing your registration. But you're new in New Zealand. Uh, is that, I believe it's AMSA. Um, they are the ones that are responsible for your registration. So they'll be. That's kind of their part of the rescue. They'll be providing that over to the, to the United States. And here's here's who that beacon belongs to. And here's his emergency contacts. That way. Yeah, they can still play a part of it, and obviously, they want to make sure that their own citizens come back, you know, in one piece. So that's how it works worldwide. That that kind of handoff of the registration to that uh, country that's going to go and do the rescue. Okay,
0: so uh, Mikhail, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor here, and I'm going to answer a couple of questions off to the side. Can you do me a favor and refresh uh, your connection? Uh, because you've become super pixelated and it's, it's breaking up a little bit. So that might help us. And then I want to, when you, as soon as you come back, we'll, we'll get back to the other topic.
1: Perfect.
0: All right. Um, Nikita says, Hey, uh, good afternoon. Um, see where else we had here. Uh, Rex, uh, do all or most of the models float? Yes, they do. They are buoyant. Um, Brad Smith, this perfect for my trips to the keys. Been sucked out by current more than once. Thank goodness for a charged battery and trolling motor on my kayak. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is this is a last line of defense. You know, it's not something you're going to be using every time you go out. You know, if you, it, it's you're really, you really you exhaust other things and then you break out your PLB. Um, I'm going to bring Mikhail back up here. Uh, it's still pixelated, but it, it, it looks a little bit better than it did there yeah. when I, I took you off there. So I'm
1: going to the concierge here at the Holiday Inn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so our, our next topic was basically because you have this cool new product. You guys just sent me one. Uh, and basically this is a man overboard uh, system or solution, if you will. Um, you It looks like you have one on your wrist.
1: I do. Yeah. So this is our, we call it the ACR OLIS, It's an over overboard location alert system and so essentially you uh, pair it with your with our mobile app on your phone and what it does is when you you know when you track your your beacon um, if you're to go overboard um, and essentially get separated from your phone um, it will break the the automatic uh, the virtual tether and you know your phone will act as a man overboard alarm, sending a, you know, sending a siren out, it'll record your GPS coordinates. So, you know, you can then, you know, turn that boat around, um, come back to the location and and really create more of that instant alert of something went wrong while I was out on the water um, in the hopes that you don't have to resort to this. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, preemptive strike uh, to try to keep yourself. Um, but what'll happen is you'll get a, you know, the crew overboard, going off, as well as the strobe light on your phone if you have one. You'll um, continue to the recovery. Unfortunately, you know mine's right here, so it's just going to tell me I'm right here. Um, right. But the other oh, there you go. Um, but it'll start pointing to to the to the location that you need to head. Um, if you're someone that likes to panic or you want to scroll your your see your actual location, it's all there. And then if you want to use your VHF on the boat. It's gonna provide you with an exact script of what you need to say, your boat's name, um, your call sign, your MMSI, you know, um, your Mayday signal. um, And it just helps you walk through what you're supposed to say on VHF. So, you know, you're a little bit more calm and clear about it and you're not having to think and uh, you're providing everyone with the information that they need. Um, And hopefully by the time you're done reading all of that on VHF, you're back at that point and you're pulling that person back in board. so, yeah, why would we talk about that on a kayak fishing show, right? Um, <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the other cool features of it, I mean, obviously, if you're a kayak fisherman, you're probably going out on someone's boat, you know, whether it's your own boat or a buddy's boat. Um, so, you know, just that you've got your own personal man overboard system with your boat. Um, but you can also take it out on your kayak. So we in our little settings here, we have a solo mode. And so, so in that solo mode, you put your phone number, um, you know, pick an emergency contact that you want to get the, a text message to, uh, and then you want to put a delay in. So, you know, whether it be a one-minute delay or a 10-minute delay, you, you know, you you kind of base that around how far out you're going or what you're doing. But what will essentially happen is, and this is the only part of the mobile app that requires cell service. So you just have to have a minimum of two Gs Um, of cell service, but if you were to get separated from your kayak and your phone's in the bag, or even if your phone is with you, just hold the tag underwater to break the connection. And essentially, it'll trigger a text message to go to the emergency contact that you put in the app. And in that text message, it'll say, please call me to verify that, you know, this isn't a false alarm. And if I don't answer, here's my GPS coordinates, you know, please call local, you know, search and rescue to come get me. Um, so it just kind of gives you a little bit of a, you know, something to have out there while you're by yourself. Um, and obviously everyone should have one of these if they're going out by themselves anyways. So, um. but you also said there's some, there's some cool upcoming stuff with this as
0: well for the boater um, as far as tethering a, a larger group together or having a, a kill for your boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so with just the phone, you know, it makes it nice because you can te- you can track up to six of these tags just w- just with your phone, um, and it makes it a real cost-effective solution. But you know, if you've got a big crew on your boat, you know, more than six, you know, what are you going to do? It doesn't really help you much. Um, so we've got a new base station coming out called the Olis Core that'll track up to fifteen of these tags, and the other nice thing that it does is. It's portable, so we can go on other people's boats, but, you know, we we never wanted your phone to be the weakness of a search and rescue or a man overboard system. And, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, watching YouTube videos and playing music and running my battery down to next to nothing. And, you know, Murphy's Law would tell me that's when I would need this. Um, So it it acts as kind of that hub and there's an audio and a visual alarm. Um, And then we've got another product called The Guardian coming out. And so it'll tether to each of these and it'll shut your engines off. You just splice it in. It's a hardwired mount to your boat. Um, So it's an engine cut off as well. So just an extra layer of protection. And, you know, there's a lot of states out there now starting to pass some engine kill switch regulations in the state. I think Texas was the last one, Um, you know, instead of having that cord wrapped around your wrist that no one ever wears unfortunately um you know we're just trying right Trying, <laughs> trying to find something a little more uh modern and, and useful that we can get people you know to start recognizing that the the need for an engine cutoff switch i fell off
0: uh, a small boat and luckily my son was on the boat with me because i wasn't using my kill switch and um, yeah, I mean, something like this, that, that does it automatically is, would be very, very cool. Yeah.
1: Um, so like one of the questions we always get asked at Traces, you know, with, with regarding PLBs is, you know, can I put this on my toddler or can I put it on my dog? It's like, well, they have to know to deploy the antenna and push the button. And I wouldn't necessarily trust a toddler with it. I probably right. trust my dog before my son. Um, but these, you know, it's, it's great. You can put this on your dog's your dog's collar or your dog's life jacket or your, your kid's life jacket. And so they've, you've got something that is just constantly monitoring where they are at all times. And should that virtual tether break, you know, instantly. So, um, I guess that was something
0: you could use if you were just had your dog with you out in the back country and worried about it running off. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing with that is your phone's going to tell you exactly where you are, not where your dog Ran off, but it'll give you that alarm of he's gone. Oh, I got um, But if you know if you've got kids and you've got a swimming pool, strap one on them at just at the house. You know, just that way you know if, if they go in that pool, your phone's yelling at you that that they they're in. Wow.
0: Um, <laughs> there's some funny questions on here. <laughs> uh, Michael wants to know if it'll work after a grizzly bear chews it <laughs> um, yeah, grab your arm back from the grizzly bear yeah and, uh,
1: break the tether
0: <laughs> yeah if if the bear's just got your arm and you're just gonna run away and let him have your arm um reading some of the survivor stories on the web good stuff yeah i've I've looked through some of these stories in the past and there is so much stuff Julio asks um could you talk about the 406 link self test. And is there any way to accidentally activate your PLB example, putting pressure, the button cover while reaching for something in your kayak?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll answer the, the, the button question first and then we'll get into 406 link. Um, the the way that we kind of shaped out the, the antenna here, it's to, to really prevent it from, you know, being able to depress it. it it's, I mean, if there's a will, there's a way, but realistically, you'd really have to try. You would really have to try. Uh, And then also, if, you know, if something in your backpack was to like literally wedge somehow underneath here and just constantly depress that button, um, we have software that will say, all right, this button has been held for, you know, 20 seconds. Like, don't do anything. Um, And it'll just ignore that and then reset. So uh, so 406 link so not that I was lying about subscri- no subscription fees, but 406 link you know we always had this or the, the question that everyone always asks because they're one-way beacons is how do I know my beacon is working um, And so we actually have uh, two ground stations just like Search and Rescue does that listen to the satellites. Um, and we kind of shut them down for a little bit because the website was outdated. Um, but also because search um, the two satellites that are um, rotating with the with the Earth, the Geos ones they put two new satellites in and replace those other ones. They push them out into space, so they move the locations and they put new ones in. So it really forces to have to redo the whole system and start kind of from scratch. And so um, in July we're going to be relaunching that on. Our main website um and we just feel like we've really simplified it but what happens is the 406 link it's a 50 dollars flat subscription for the year if you want it if you don't want it you know it's optional like i said it's only to tell you that your beacon's working um so you would deploy your antenna and just press the test button when you're outside could have a clear view of the sky um and what will happen is your phone will in about 15 to 20 seconds, your phone should buzz with a text message, uh, whatever message you put in as your canned message, um, you know, beacons working great or running running late, don't worry, um, and it'll just send you a text message and an email message up to up to five of your contacts, whoever you want that to go to. So it's kind of a, I wouldn't really say a messaging service. It's just a, be, you know, you know your beacon's working, you know, that signal is, is going to this search and rescue satellites and then coming back to earth. Uh, And we're just taking the self test messages out, which search and rescue ignore, and just passing them along as a a handy little text message. So Uh,
0: Luke says, love the new system. I won one watching one of your videos a few months ago and I never leave home without it. I recommend them to everyone. Well, congratulations, Luke. Um, Believe it or not, uh, Mikhail, we've been on an hour. (laughs) it it goes by really fast and we try to keep these to about an hour. If you can do me a favor and maybe scroll through the questions, uh, after we finish here and maybe answer some of the questions that we didn't hit, uh, I know everybody would appreciate that. And anybody who is watching this, uh, remember that we wait for a day before we choose the winner. So you still have a chance to, uh, make comments and all that before we actually choose a winner of the, uh, PLB. Um, but make sure you comment or even say, hey, I'm watching uh, the rebroadcast or, or whatever. Make sure you comment so you get entered in there. Uh, Mikhail, thank you so much for uh, your support of our show and for joining us here today. I really appreciate it. Uh, a lot of great information. And like I said, that one flew by because it is to me, just such a fascinating subject and, and such a great technology. It uh, comes such a long way. I really appreciate it.
1: Perfect. Thanks for having me, Jim.
0: All right, man. We will. Uh, we will talk to you later. All right. Thanks. So thanks everybody for joining us. That was a great show. I mean, I really enjoyed it. A lot of great information. And um, like I said, we'll scroll scroll through the questions and try to answer any more of those as we can. Uh, Remember our shows are brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Um, And if you want a chance to win that PLB, please, you know, throw some questions up there, some comments. Um, Make sure you join the Kayak Fishing Show group to get notified of any of these, uh, you're much more likely to get notified than otherwise. But, uh, other than that, like I said, the, uh, websites there, if you want to check out all the stuff from ACR, um, other than that, again, I appreciate everybody joining us and, um, something went wrong there. Oh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was a great show. I really, really appreciate it. We'll be drawing a winner, uh, sometime tomorrow or the next uh, until then, if you are going out on the water, particularly this busy holiday weekend, please always wear your PFD, have your PLB, and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care. Where oh. am I